we'll do a real quick dangle clack check. All right, I think we're good to go. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to TBN. Yes, this is the stream that's all about facts and science and news and advocacy and, and, and policy and legislation, uh, nicotine and science. Did I say science? I think I said yep, science twice. Yeah. I it, said science twice. That's twice. fine. I'll it's say fine. it twice. We're about science twice here at TBN. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. your uh, freedom-enjoying, poor libertarian host, Grim Green, joined by my far-left fact-checker. It's Danielle Jones, president of CASA. It's no big deal. And then today, you guys... We have a very, very special guest joining us all the way from Straya. What? Yeah, he's looking around. All the way from Straya. Well done. Yeah. It's uh, it's Colin Mendelson. Welcome, Dr. Colin Mendelson. Thank you so much for being here. Friend of the show. You've been here before, and uh, you got a book, my friend. Stop smoking. Start vaping. The Dr. Colin Mendelson story. And we're going to be uh, discussing this today. We're going to be discussing just vaping in general, Australian vaping in general. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. How have you been, Dr. Colin Mendelson? I haven't seen you in quite a Very while. Well. Very well, thank you. I had a birthday yesterday. Oh, happy belated birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank my good you. Lord. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. On the 22nd of the 2nd, 22. Okay. One oh, of yeah. Days, which is Easy to remember. Oh yeah, yeah. it's the same upside down as above as the other way as well. It's just a, a unique day. Cosmic. That's cosmic. Absolutely. There's something I've there. I've been waiting for that for seventy years. That's <laughs> finally come. I, Looking for? Did you throw a huge party of twos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we 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 made it twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you take any time off on your birthday from, you know, fighting misinformation on the internet or was that still It's funny. It's funny I said to my doing. wife, look, I'm going to take a day off from work today. And you know, I spent most of my time on the computer writing tweets and uh, and reading studies and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it, so I happens. thought that was a good thing to do on my on my birthday. Yeah, it's interesting how I can sit here in my office at work and be on Twitter and it'll feel like work and I go, oh, I'm at work and I'm on Twitter. And then I can be on the couch doing the same thing on my free time, but I'm mm -hmm. still on Twitter and I'm still you know, tweeting at people. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get away from it, isn't it? But, you know, it's, I, I enjoy it. So to me, it's not like work. It's just so interesting. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, I don't feel too guilty for working too hard. No, no. I never feel guilty for being on Twitter. It's always for the greater good. Always for the greater good. Uh, how, are th how are things in Australia, Colin Mendelson? You guys have had, this is kind of one of the first things I wanted to ask you, is you've, you've had the prescription model now for a little bit. Mm. Mm. Do you, yeah. anecdote, I mean, just... Yeah. Ball, how, how's it how, going? Yeah, how's it going? Has it been successful? Have people been able to get through this process quickly? Are people being held up at, you know, are there choke points where people can't get uh, nicotine or they might be smoking or? Yeah, look, I have to say the prescription model is not really working as expected. I mm. mean, we, we anticipated this. We knew what was going to happen. So basically nicotine is regulated as a prescription product. People okay. need to get a prescription to be able to import it or to buy it. You can't buy it in Australia except from a very small number of pharmacies. Sure, sure. So people have to go to a doctor 
and then and, and convince first of all find a doctor who'll prescribe it and the great majority won't then they have to any particular uh, reason why they won't it's just yeah, isn't misinformed they just like a moral yeah, stance they yeah. just go no yeah. it's all those things so it's a couple of importantly it's it's about uh, doctors have been getting the negative messages about vaping from all our health authorities and mm-hmm. medical authorities mm-hmm. so you know they they've they've kind of always very conservative and they generally follow the advice of the medical authorities and health charities and they've been very negative and so that's kind of ingrained and also they don't know anything about vaping mm-hmm. so patients frequently tell me they went to their doctor and the doctor may have said actually maybe you could try that but i, I had no idea what how to write a prescription there's been no training so you know it's it's just this it's just it was bound to fail it seemed like um, it was just set it, up to fail yeah yeah look they wanted to control it but this isn't a, a way to control it so you can go to any corner shop and buy a cigarette but a lot of vapors have said it's just too difficult to to have to go through this process and find the doctor who'll do it yeah and and so you can buy a cigarette much more easily than you can a vaping product so naturally it's made it much harder and i know of a, a significant number of vapors who've gone back to smoking yeah, I, I mean, that's a real tragedy. That's the most heartbreaking Absolutely. part of all of it. Absolutely. Any hoops that you have to jump through between a cigarette smoker yeah. transitioning is not yeah. going to play out well. And I've always even thought in the yeah. UK where they have the TPD and they have to have short fills with the big bottle, mm. like mm. even that's just one more step, yeah. but it's one still more one step. more step. Yeah, I think that'll change now that, you know, we've had Brexit. I think the I'd be very surprised if the UK didn't didn't uh, review that nicotine concentration or they're planning mm-hmm. to, and I think I think that will change. You think they'll get so a little bit more liberal with it? I think they will definitely because they were restricted by the TPD and now they're not, and they can you know, introduce some more sensible regulations. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's happened in Australia is the black market is thriving. Yeah, who I've been hearing thought? about this. Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, so we get get container loads of unregulated Chinese vaping products that are sold illegally in convenience stores, tobacconists, on social media, and in Ubers, as you know. Yeah, Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they're sold openly to young people. Yeah, well, the black market doesn't check IDs. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, well, funny about that, the black market isn't concerned about that. And then we have all the authorities up in arms saying, oh, but all the kids are vaping. We must do something about this vaping. Well, um, hello, you, you need to regulate <laughs> it and, in, and enforce the, the laws. It, it's not brain surgery. To right. That. Um, and, and the big problem for that, I think more than anything, is it's undermining the vape industry. So the vape yeah. shops are really struggling because people are just going and buying it very easily elsewhere yeah don't have mm-hmm. to import anything so they're not going to the vape shops as much and we need our vape shops i mean they're a really important resource uh, I, get, uh, yes help break the switch i very very much agree and even looking at the situation if i was a smoker and i could either make a appointment with my doctor, get a prescription and get nicotine the legal way through a vape shop and things like that. Or I could just go into a bodega and get some imported Chinese disposables. I mean, I'm probably just yeah. going to go for the Chinese, yeah. deport, you know, imported disposables. 
one of the good things is that because they're so readily available, a lot of smokers who wouldn't otherwise have tried vaping actually have bought these products. And I've seen lots of people who said, look, I've tried this vaping and it's really great. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I can switch on to something a bit more, uh, we'll give them a, a prescription and switch them to something a bit more uh, regulated. So that's one good thing. But the kids are getting them and, you know, kids shouldn't vape or smoke. Of course not. Uh, and of course not. it's creating lots of ammunition for the anti-vaping brigade to say, oh, we've got to cut this vaping down. Look at all the harm it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, look at this but black market we created that's selling to kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, you can't <laughs> regulate an underground market. Nope. No, you can't. And and that's another concern that, look, you know, this is how Vivali came about. You know, Absolutely. We don't know what's in these products, and, and there may be products that are dangerous, and, and in the future there may be, and there's no regulation. No, and I mean, that's the same uh, across the board, whether it's harm reduction or tobacco harm reduction. Safe supply. Yeah, I know that's a buzzword. Any of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we need safe products for adult smokers and we need to, you know, enforce the laws about kids vaping. Yeah. One thing uh, I didn't realize uh, until I read your book, I can't flip to it now. I wrote the page down, but I didn't, you know. Uh, the penalties for having nicotine in Australia without a prescription are fairly steep surprisingly steep surprisingly shocking to be fair they're not being enforced but those penalties are hanging over vapors so it is a discouragement so you can go to jail for up to 12 months in some states there are penalties up to 30,000 but if you import nicotine without a script the government said it's going to enforce the penalty for that which is up to wait for it Two hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars. Two two two. Oh, maybe that two, means two, something. Two. Yeah, there's those twos, and that's to bring in nicotine without a prescription to help save your life and stop smoking. So you know that. Oh, I mean, God, that's unbelievable. I mean, even reading uh, Western Australia, the penalty up to thirty thousand dollars. Victoria, eighteen hundred dollars. Uh, in the Northern Territory, you can get a $15,000 fine and up to t- a year in prison. Yeah, but but you can buy a deadly cigarette. Right. Which two and three years, uh, but which makes a really good tobacco uh, excise uh, and income for the government, which I'm sure has nothing to do with it. Yeah, sure. Probably has nothing to do with it. That's got to no. be a coincidence. It's just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's well, just... tobacco taxes are our fourth biggest tax in Australia. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, but we yeah, like it here yeah. in the U.S. too. We love our tax, our U.S. Yeah, tax I mean, money. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. there? Are they ra- are, always... are they making a big stink about youth vaping in Australia? Oh yeah. yeah. Are they really? Yeah. Do the numbers yeah, even man. support it in any capacity? The act no, like youth vaping numbers? numbers. A couple of years ago, we knew it was less than two percent of kids had vaped more than once or more in the last 12 months which is really not much mm. and we know most of that's just experimental yeah and, and we know that vaping is actually diverting kids from smoking mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Look, even if kids were vaping you know honestly i don't think it's a big deal although we're not allowed to say that but you know politically it's not a good thing to say but in fact i think it's actually reducing reducing smoking rates because yeah. a lot of kids take up vaping do it for a while we know it's experimental most of them do it a few times then stop Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the kids who vape regularly are almost all former smokers. Yeah, yeah. So, 
yeah right. too much harm it's a great moral panic uh, which you've had and which which we have and it's bad oh we know all about that <laughs> so yeah, much yeah. so much panic yes unbelievable levels of panic well and i see you know you see these headlines where it says uh well youth smoking is at historic lows but youth vaping is on the rise and i just go my brain goes oh yeah like that that makes sense of course and that's yeah, this is a good fine. thing yeah yeah it, it is a good thing and you know the harm to kids from vaping really is just so exaggerated i mean there's no evidence that it harms the human adolescent brain. And the only finding, <coughs> findings of concern were that a couple of studies found a so, an association with vaping and uh, some lung symptoms, maybe an increase in asthma or cough or respiratory uh, symptoms, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is hardly, when you look at the overall benefits of vaping, is only a small price to pay. Uh, look, I completely agree with you. Although that's not like, you know, as you said, the politically prudent no, no. thing to say. No. no, you can't say that. No, yes. You can't tell the truth about these things. No, because no. Because that's not, it goes against the narrative and uh, it's not going to be popular. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Uh, one thing that is throughout your book that I really enjoy were the, uh, they're like little testimonials throughout. Yeah. I, yeah. I really like those, uh, and I, I think they're a good addition. I just like testimonials in general, and I always try to yeah. preach the good word of like telling your story to yeah. as many people as possible. Yeah, Where do yeah. you land yeah. on that? I'm assuming you land that it's a good thing. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, I think we need to have that human factor here. This is about individuals who would otherwise have a high chance of dying from smoking. And when people switch, they are just blown away by how much better they feel, uh, how much money they've saved, how much better they smell. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's such a no-brainer. And I don't know how you can ignore that. And I quote 15 examples, including one member of parliament, a mm -hmm. senior mm -hmm. barrister, and um, a well-known uh, journalist, entertainer. And the stories are just so compelling. And, yeah. and that's just not, they're not isolated cases. I mean, there are millions of vapors who have similar stories, but you know, that, that human side of it is, is often just neglected. They look at mm -hmm. mouse studies mm -hmm. and, and uh, um, you know, ridiculous uh, effects from, from that uh, as their argument. Right, or in vitro or other things that, you know, yeah, don't exactly. have real-world characteristics. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, I mean, the other thing with kids vaping is there's no evidence from the hundreds of millions of kids who smoked of getting any harm later in life from uh, to, to the brain. Sure. Uh, you know, they're not brain damaged. I mean, people like Einstein, as we know, was a smoker. Yeah. People say, right. well, imagine what he could have done if he hadn't smoked. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, clearly there was, there's, there's no good evidence <laughs> epidemiologically of, um, of harm to the adolescent brain, although they keep talking about it and they get away yeah. with it. Yeah, uh, it seems like they really, really want it to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, they love finding harms. They love yeah. looking for harms and finding harms. And it's kind of like they're focused on, what can we find now? Oh, we found a study where some people who vape had impotence must be must have been caused yep. by vaping. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Front page news, that's the headline. 
and, and that's what sells papers. I mean, that's what gets the clicks. They're not right. interested in, oh, this person's life was saved by vaping. They're interested in, uh, this mouse uh, got a headache. Uh, so therefore, vaping is Yeah, is yeah. Well, and that's the thing. To, to another uh, smoker or another vapor, the quitting story, the switching story is, I don't know, it's really impactful, but I, you know, I get this sneaking suspicion that if you're on the outside of it and you've never dealt with any sort of addiction or dependence and you've never smoked cigarettes and you hear somebody like a switch story, I feel like it doesn't have that, that same impact. You, they kind of just go, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And what's up behind that though, Nick, as you know, is that most of these people have tried repeatedly to quit with all yeah. conventional treatments. Yes. Repeatedly. And often the only thing that'll work for them is vaping. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that's not okay because that's not what the way we like to do it. So therefore, um, we don't accept that kind of, that method of quitting. You need to go back to smoking and take Champix or Nicotine yeah. Patch, which right. mostly don't work the way. Yeah. Yeah. Quit, but not that way. Yeah, yes, quit, what is that? that quit, but not that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't get any tax from that, for one thing. And also, you know, we we don't think addiction's a good thing. People shouldn't be using an addictive drug, and they certainly shouldn't be enjoying it. I mean, right. we can't have No, that. no. Uh, the enjoyment factor is, I think, one of the biggest sticking points for anti-vapors. The idea that we all we quit smoking and enjoyed it. Right. And it continues to be a pleasurable experience. I feel like yeah. they think that there needs to be some punishment involved. Right. Yeah. It's that yeah. puritanical all, ideology. All been, yeah. Yeah. It's always been, I mean, the approach to tobacco control has always been coercive mm -hmm. and punitive. And, and it's kind of a moral thing. You know, we mm -hmm. don't want people smoking and, and we don't want, certainly don't want them to be enjoying it. Um, and, uh, it's kind of transferred across to vaping, even though there are huge uh, potential health benefits. Yeah, huge, <laughs> huge, huge potential. Yeah. And one of the trends that we have in the United States, I'm hoping it's not a trend, is, uh, you know, FDA is authorizing very low nicotine cigarettes. Uh, and there's another company out there called TAT, T-A-A-T, that are selling uh, nicotine-free cigarettes that are just yeah. herbal cigarettes that you can bust and smoke yeah. and how do like they know that nicotine's not the problem right yeah yeah they say they do right yeah Nic well they, they say they do and we all know nicotine is relatively harmless and i guess the theory is well if you get the nicotine out people will be able to quit but stopping smoking is a lot more than that. I mean, they, they're leaving them all the harmful chemicals, but stopping smoking yes. is much more than nicotine. And it's a whole behavioral thing and a sensory thing. Mm -hmm. Well, vaping's unique in that it, it does all that without the, the poisons. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. And nicotine, like, I think nicotine is going to be the hardest uh, social thing for people to accept. The idea that nicotine... Yeah just because it's been demonized for so long, yeah. so long because of its association with combustion, I, that's yeah. going to be one of the harder things for the public to go, oh, it's it's actually not that bad, you guys. Look at all this science. Yeah, yeah. It's actually neuroprotective benefits. Yeah, there's enough for everybody. You know, it's going to be hard. I think that's... telling people that to use? I mean, it's partly our fault. And the medical profession has kind of used that to say, um, to help get people off smoking. It's partly been 
um, well, nicotine's bad, and that's one of the bad chemicals in tobacco smoke. So you, you've got to stop nicotine, and it's been always said to be harmful. No one ever worried about it when they were giving out nicotine replacement, of course. Sure. You can give that to the age of 12 in Australia. Um, you can give it to pregnant women. Apparently, that's okay. Yeah. Hmm. You know, not, not, not okay for um, vaping. Yeah. You know, funny about that. It must but, be a different nicotine. Yeah, it must be. It's a, it's actually a higher quality nicotine. And one thing you touched on in your book was uh, dual use. And yeah. dual use, we've talked about this on the stream before, but dual use in terms of vaping always gets kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, shit on. But dual use yeah. for NRTs, it's like an encouraged uh, thing. It's, it's like an process, encouraged practice. Right, right. Yeah. right. It's a part of the process. Yeah. Help it make it more successful, right? Exactly. I, and, and look, there's a lot of evidence now. I mean, the, the, the rate of dual use is dropping dramatically. As like it in the would. In the UK, it's 30%, where it was a few years ago, it was 65%. And in the US, it's about 35%. So over time, a lot of the dual users are switching. And, and then a lot of them are going on to not smoking altogether. Yeah, yeah. It's just a normal part of the transition. You know, you're changing a hugely addictive habit and it, it does, a lot of people do switch like that, but a lot, a lot do struggle and, and that's fine. And, you know, you just yeah. need to give people time. Well, yeah. And that's everybody's experience is different. These products affect everybody differently. And, you know, I always bring up my brother, my brother dual used for well over a year before one day he finally just, oh, I'm going to just vape more now and he just stopped buying cigarettes and he's been smoke free for about a decade now but it took him a yeah. almost a full year of yeah. dual use and yeah. i thought well if my brother had listened to stanton glance he would have just gone straight back to smoking yeah and a lot of people i mean dual use is there's a variety of dual users and people tend to grab reduce their cigarettes over time and even though they're dual using they're still getting a lot less harmful chemicals because they're getting some nicotine from their vape, so they, they smoke less. Yeah. And we know that from the biomarker studies that these people have dramatically less, in most cases, if they've cut their cigarettes down, toxins in their bodies. Yes. So even that's a good thing. Yeah. But it's still demonized. Yeah. It's still demonized and it's still, you know, they, even when they reluctantly say something good about vaping, like if Mitch Zeller from CTP accidentally says something good about vaping, he always has make sure to say, well, you, you know, you have to switch completely. That's the only yeah. way you'll get benefits. Cutting down doesn't help. You have to switch completely. And I go, but that doesn't, cutting down on cigarettes is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the dual use studies show that, that, most people are smoking less than half of what they were before. And we know there are benefits. And the biomarker studies show that they are getting health benefits. Yeah, absolutely. So dual use. Mm. I'm sick of dual use being a bad word. Yeah. I'm just sick of it. Yeah. 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 I celebrate dual users. I feel like I don't really need to ask you this, but what inspired you to, to do this undertaking, to write this book, Dr. Colin Mendelson? I mean, what in your yeah. history made you write this book? Well, look, the biggest barrier, I think, to vaping is misinformation. Yes. I mean, people are constantly being Jeez. fed false information. And, and I think that's a tragedy because it's keeping people smoking 
who will die as a result. And, and I felt it was important to try and get the evidence out there. And the book's got over 400 references. It is yes. evidence-based. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes, it gives people accurate information that whether they'll accept that when, you know, the American Cancer Council and the CTFK are, are all giving the opposite view. But I think the other view has to be put out there because it doesn't get a look in on mainstream media. Mm-mm. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just thought we had, we had to get that information out there because, you know, the opponents to vaping just look at the threat. Uh, you know, but the potential risks, which are often small and which often don't even occur. And um, I think we also need to be reminded about the benefits. Yes. And, and we need to put the risks in perspective. Yeah, so, that's a big that's a big theme of the book is comparing it to smoking. You yeah, know, towards the end exactly. in section three, yeah. you talk about people finding yeah. harms and you talk about if they're not comparing it to smoking and yeah. I'm just standing up cheering going, yes. Yeah, unless yes. you're cannot, yes. you know, unless you're comparing it to smoking, it's irrelevant. It's yeah, irrelevant. I, I say in the book, I say in the book to, to, to assess whether vaping is harmful, you need to consider a the comparison to smoking. Secondly, you need to consider the the absolute size of the risk we're talking about, and they're usually very minor. Yeah. Um, and a whole range of other things. But I mean, you know, the fact is just isolating little problems and presenting them. And that's what often happens in the media without balance uh, is very misleading. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Very misleading. Now, one thing I was trying to find it in here. I thought I wrote the page number down, but apparently I didn't. Uh, You talk about uh, dependence versus addiction. And this is something that gets brought up uh, constantly, I even find myself, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say arguing, I'll say having a lively discussion with other vapors yeah. about uh, dependence versus addiction uh, and nicotine. Yeah. When I tell people, well, if you just vape nicotine, you're not addicted to nicotine. And yeah. it's, you know, it's like World War Three starts. Yeah. How would you explain well, it uh, so that I can explain it better yeah. to people? <laughs> Yeah, look, there are different definitions of nicotine, uh, nicotine addiction and dependence, but mm-hmm. the National Institute of Drug Abuse um, is very clear that uh, dependence means when you stop a drug, you have physical withdrawal symptoms. That's that's their definition. Um, and so people get irritable, anxious, depressed, and that's a physical withdrawal. Um, addiction is much more serious. In addiction, you lose control of, of your drug behavior sure and you keep doing it in spite of serious adverse effects so that's the definition of addiction now nicotine itself and vaping do not have serious adverse effects they're they're relatively benign Mm -hmm. um uh, so tobacco smoking is a true addiction i think dependence on 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 uh, nicotine is 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 not by that definition is dependence rather than addiction to most people i mean of course it's better to have nothing but we're talking about people sure. who would otherwise be smoking and uh i think we need to always be comparing it to the counterfactual which is that they would be smoking yeah. if they weren't vaping most yeah. of these people it seems like as soon as vaping started getting popularized society and body part orgs just suddenly forgot how bad cigarettes are yeah that's right yeah like they yeah, are kind of horrific campaigning vaping and they've forgotten about smoking yeah and um 
that they kind of miss the point. It's like a crusade. They just have a single focus on, on eliminating vaping without really considering the consequences. Yeah. yeah, yes. And I mean, empirically, cigarettes are terrible, terrible yeah. for you. So even yeah. if vaping was 45% safer, yeah, yeah. still 45% exactly. safer than combustible cigarettes. That's a yeah. win to me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But of course, it's a lot, a lot safer than that. And, a lot safer. Yeah, you know, they go on about the long term risks and mm -hmm. just don't know. And they're sort of mm -hmm. always so in doubt and uncertainty. But, you know, I think we have to be pragmatic and accept that even if there are problems in the future, and we may find problems. Sure. Based on what we know about what's in vapor, it's unthinkable that it would be anywhere near the harm of smoking. I mean, you know, what we understand about toxicology and chemistry tells us that uh, vaping has to be less harmful. There's a tiny fraction of the chemicals in vapor that are in smoke. Sure. And, and we know what they do. And, you know, it, it's unthinkable based on the science that there could be anywhere near uh, similar effects of vaping. Yeah. It, it, yeah, they seem willing to sacrifice lives now for this, you know, pie in the sky, perfect version of having all yeah. the data and years and decades and, yeah, you know, yeah. et cetera of it. When in reality, if you embrace this now, it saves lives now. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. perfection is the enemy of progress, as mm. they say, right? So constantly yeah. waiting for this perfect data set, yeah. you know, is just, it's, it's short-sighted and you're losing people while you wait for that. You are, you are, and it's a double standard too. Uh, what what happened? They don't apply this standard to anything else. So no. any new any new medicine or treatment or product that's introduced, no one waits thirty years. Um, you know, you make a decision, you do the science. We've had fifteen years of experience. I mean, you know, that's you know, there's so far no significant concerns. Uh, but we're monitoring it carefully, and if there is some new development, we 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 we. You know, respond to that but you know every new drug has perhaps two or three trials uh they assess all the risks and and make some sort of prediction and uh generally allow it on the market and, and occasionally a drug is then taken off mm -hmm. but you know, not introduce it because we can see potential benefits it's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. a standard and i think that shows how <clears throat> this is being driven not by science but by other moral and ideological barriers yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. There is no, you know, especially in the US. I mean, it's not like drugs do 15, 20 year trials before they're released. Exactly. I would imagine it's it's a couple no. years, maybe. And a lot of that yeah. is bureaucracy and just it takes time to do these things. But nobody's waiting yeah. 20 years to make sure yeah. the long term effects, you know, that's a, yeah. a realistic standard that they're applying or unrealistic yeah. standard that they're applying. Yeah, no, I, I think you just need to, with every decision we make, we, we weigh up the pros and cons, and they're always both. And then you, you make a pragmatic decision. And in the case, the stakes are huge in, in the case of smoking. The longer mm -hmm. you wait, mm -hmm. uh, it's not like these people would be doing nothing. So we're comparing fresh air to, to vaping. These people would otherwise be smoking. So you know, <laughs> the benefits are clearly obvious. Now, when you first 
came across uh, vaping because you had worked in helping smokers quit prior to vaping's yes. emergence. And so when you first saw vaping started to, to emerge and maybe being successful for some people, you know, was your reaction like, oh, this this will be a really good thing and people will be on board? Or did you think like we thought, like this, this is just going to cause problems and people are just going to be against this? And like, because there were people that I thought would be pro-vaping, like anti-smoking people, and then no, they turned out to be anti-vaping too. And it was just kind yeah. of a shock to my system. Yeah. Look, I, I must have been naive because I kept seeing people who vaped who had very positive stories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, well, this, this is an opportunity. Um, we need to introduce this. And I actually went to the UK and I spoke to uh, Peter Hayek, Martin Dockerell, mm -hmm, Mike Bates. Mm -hmm. And I followed the research very closely and I, I just became more and more convinced. And I thought, oh, great. Well, and I'd write some articles and thought we'll promote this. And then there was just this huge blowback. Yeah. Uh, it didn't make any sense. I, I could see it working with my patients. People who tried everything else, nothing worked. And finally, vaping did. And that was what I was reading in the literature and hearing anecdotally. Yeah. But it wasn't, didn't evolve, flow on the way I expected it. Yeah. Yeah. I, me neither. <laughs> me neither. You know, I, it, the, the instant and fierce, you know, uh, opposition to vaping just surprised me, I guess. I yeah. thought more people yeah. would be on board. I thought, look, this works so great. So many smokers are quitting. Like, how could people be against this? A mm. And yet here we are. And other and replacement therapies the are so no, normalized. The reason is, yeah. I think the reason is not about the evidence. Um, I, I think the fact is that you know mm -hmm. the evidence is clear. It's all in the book. The barriers. I, I, I go, go on about this in the book for some. Yes, for you some do. Length, but the barriers are things like ideology. You know, for example, that people should just stop nicotine and smoking altogether. It's like the war on drugs, all or nothing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and and it's things like. Um, vested interests. There are a lot of organizations whose mission is to stop smoking. And if we actually do that, well, um, that's a problem for them. Um, it's a mm -hmm. threat to their relevance. Mm -hmm. uh, they won't need them anymore. So there's, there's an issue there. Yeah. And there's all the finance, financial aspects of smoking. Uh, there's all the political issues. Um, you know, politicians want to be seen as being strong on drugs. And, and, and fighting yeah. against the tobacco companies. You know, they love saying this is all a big tobacco company. Yeah, because it's easy know. to hate big tobacco. There's right. nobody oh, yeah. that doesn't hate big tobacco. Yeah. Instant yeah. enemy, so instant villain. Yeah. Instant villain. Yeah, they're the enemy. So it's a winning argument because people think, oh, yeah, the tobacco companies, oh, they're involved in this. Oh, it must be bad. But in, the reality is actually very different. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is actually that the tobacco companies want to stop selling cigarettes. Some of them. Some of them want no. to stop selling cigarettes and we're not letting them. <laughs> it, exactly. Well, that's the thing with friends like CTFK and Michael Bloomberg, you know, the tobacco companies, well, who needs enemies? Yeah. I mean, right. the thing is that the thing is that um, the tobacco companies, I'm not sure they want to stop making cigarettes. Why would you want to stop making something that makes you more money than any other consumer product? Uh, that's addictive, that people will buy no matter what price you sell it at. So they've only been dragged into this because they have to be. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is catching on, and they they have to join in, or they're going to lose their business, like so many other, you know, like you know, petrol cars and electric cars and yep. digital photos from. If they don't do it, they lose their business. So they they don't want it to happen, but they they they've been dragged along. Yeah. They they kind of have no choice. They have no choice. But we're trying to stop them. Well, some people are. Well, they, yeah. Some people are trying to stop them. Uh, yeah. Well. And big tobacco, in my opinion, I mean, maybe not, but in my opinion, I think they got into, they just got into vaping too late. Uh, yeah. There was already a lot of established good products that yeah. people were using. And then, you know, you read about Altria and the Mark 10 and how they spent millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars making right. this Mark 10 and marketing this Mark 10 only for it to be a complete flop. And so they just discontinued yeah. that product and then... Yeah. They bought in Juul, in Juul and then yeah. they invested in Juul and then that's how they got into yeah. the vape market. Yeah. You know, they couldn't do that's, it on their own. No, they couldn't. But but they have so much cash. I mean, they make so much cash. Ridiculous. Lousy with cash. Yeah, they just it's just the biggest problem is finding a um, a wheelbarrow big enough to take all their money to the bank. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. if they're using some of that money to invest in, I mean, PMI now uh, in the last annual report has said that 30% of their revenue is now from uh, reduced risk products. So they are actually moving in that direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, BAT, I think it's about 12%. So they're definitely moving in that direction. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm wondering, I don't care what product people use if they get off smoking. That's what it's about, saving yeah. lives. Look, okay, who right. makes it? I agree. Right. I agree. That's why I defend heat not burn products as well. Yeah. ICOS and yeah. heat not burn products take off in certain countries. I know that Japan and South Korea love heat not burn products. So, yeah, yeah exactly. more more for them. Mm-hmm. More for them. And I see patients in Australia who rung me up and said, I'd like to get heat not burn products. And it's just so difficult in Australia. They, they just can't get them. They've perhaps tried them overseas. Is it really difficult? Yeah, it's really difficult in Australia to get them legally. Damn. Okay, heat not... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What's what's Australia's bad. aversion to heat not burn products? Is it... It's just tobacco, big tobacco, not harm reduction. Oh, Probably the same yeah, tired arguments. Logical. Yeah, it's not logical. It's 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 even... There's even been an inquiry of the TGA... Yeah, and they've got this completely opposite view to the FDA because it's not about the evidence. Mm-hmm. It's rarely about the evidence, although our new FDA commissioner, he's all about science and evidence and correcting misinformation. So, Well, they all say that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we've heard that before. Uh, we'll see how that goes. In the but it's a very political position. That's the problem. Yeah. You can't just, you can't just change the, all the rules and... Uh, yet, yet to be seen how, what he actually does do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, also in your book, you mentioned uh, Evali. There was talking about <laughs> Evali. Uh, and in our pre stream, just quick conversation, there hadn't, Evali didn't quite make it to Australia in, in like a, a widespread way like it did in the United States. It didn't make it at all to Australia. At all, and, in any yeah, capacity, despite what everybody says. Yeah, we all know why, but as we were discussing, 
there was a, a big media event and you're showing the uh, the um yeah the link to the story on on on, on the a our abc our national broadcast did a story about a case of a 71 year old man who died recently in 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 australia and and it's been put down to ivali now this is quite incorrect. This this particular man um, was a 71-year-old former heavy smoker. So he smoked heavily for 40 years. He had yeah. emphysema. Ten years ago, he made a very, the right decision to switch to vaping. And um, after 10 years, the emphysema gets worse when you quit smoking slightly, mm -hmm. not fast. But after 10 years, he got pneumonia. Um, uh, he was treated with antibiotics. He went into respiratory failure and, and he died, as many smokers do, from, from uh, this condition of, of emphysema. And, but the pathologist and the intensive care doctor both decided it was Ivali. And there really is no justification for that. Oh, there was no that makes me so mad. E <laughs> yeah, I know. There was, they tested the liquids. There was no vitamin E acetate. They did a post-mortem. I've seen the post-mortem. This guy had severe emphysema and, uh, you know, there was an at more than adequate explanation for his death, his former smoking. Yeah. And, and he is a diagnosis of exclusion. You can only diagnose it if there's no other plausible explanation. Mm -hmm. In this case, there was. It, it was obviously due to due to his years of smoking. Yeah, if he, like you said, yeah. he smoked a pack a day for four decades, for forty years. Yeah, and then vapes at the very tail end of it, and then they say, "Oh, yeah. well, this was because of vaping." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and look, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not good science. It defies but, logic. It, 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 with the narrative. And they're going to write up an article in one of the journals about this, and it'll get lots of publicity and it'll fit with the, you know, the narrative. And uh, you know, but I think when you look carefully, uh, it, it's it's it's, a, it's the wrong diagnosis. Yeah. On his death certificate, it said uh, the main causes of death were lung damage from smoking. Um, huh. But oh, imagine even that. In the absence of, yeah, he, 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 he'd never used THC. There was no vitamin E acetate in his liquids. He bought liquids from a, a well-known commercial uh, quality supplier in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's just no reason for this. Unbelievable. Well, I'll put, I'll put a link to your website uh, and your response to this man. Uh, man's death from heavy smoking, not Ivali. So... Yeah. If this guy had, you know, if his death was due to Ivali, he would have been the very first Ivali case in the whole of Australia. Well, actually, there was a yes, there was a case uh, several months ago reported in the Medical Journal of Australia of a 15-year-old girl who had been vaping and developed serious lung infection. Mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. that was put down to Ivali. Uh, quite inappropriately and was touted as the first case of Ivali in Australia. Now, I wrote a letter to the Medical Journal of Australia with uh, Ricardo Pelosa saying, yep, no, Pelosa. we don't think it's Ivali. They made confident diagnosis and we said that it, 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 it isn't Ivali for all these reasons. The journal rejected that letter without even sending it out to peer review. They said, oh, we've already discussed all these issues in, this, in the article. Well, actually, they hadn't. They discussed... <laughs> 
that it was Diwali for all the reasons they said. And we said, no, it's not. And they didn't even send it out for peer review. So I just felt there's such bias in the medical journals. And I just felt that um, they didn't even want to have the conversation. They made up their minds. They didn't want to have the conversation. They want to stick with what they... People don't change their minds about things once they've made up their minds. And I think it's a classic case. Yeah, it's challenging. I mean... Even just speaking personally, me changing my mind about something takes a really long time and a lot of yeah. back and forth and inter inner turmoil in your brain. And, you know, you're yeah, trying to. Yeah. So I, I get why they're resistant to it. But on the other hand, they're scientists and doctors and they sh- yeah. I mean, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. I'm just, I grew up listening to, to Penn Jillette and being a skeptic and people like James Randi and the idea that when new evidence becomes available, you read it and you use that to form your worldview, you know? So the idea that you, you might enjoy being wrong about things because now you're right. I was wrong before. Now there's new information. Now I'm right about this. Me personally, I go, yes, that's what I want. I want to be proven wrong so that I can be correct. Well, you'd make a good scientist, Nick. I mean, that's how science is meant to work. I mean, you have a hypothesis and you form a view and you look for more evidence and you may change it. But we we have this problem of groupthink. Yeah, yeah. All the the public health organisations are opposed to vaping. So if you go out on a limb and, and... oppose that narrative you know there are huge costs for people in terms of their careers and their funding and their research and so on and you know they think that it's embarrassing to be have to back down after making such a big issue about it so they're kind of locked in oh no people's pride getting in the way of people dying like yeah Yeah. ego ego keeping people smoking and dying that it seems just unacceptable to me in yeah. every way possible. Yeah, it's, yeah that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's just human nature, unfortunately, the way a lot of this is approached and emotions and, and, and all the wrong things, not the evidence. How do we make it about the evidence? <laughs> yeah, and along those lines, I want to squeak a question in here real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about you know obviously it's very difficult to convince people but i wondered with your you know perspective as a medical doctor if you could perhaps give us some examples in your experience of are there any particular articles or studies that you found to be very persuasive for other medical professionals and doctors that you know someone who's talking to their doctor who's like i'm vaping and they're like that's terrible is there anything out there or things that may be more likely to persuade them that you've seen is really convincing yeah look i think one of the best articles was um, a recent article by um, the 15 presidents of the society for research on nicotine and tobacco mm-hmm. okay. I think it was a very good summary of the evidence a very objective summary and it made the point that so much of the resistance is about, certainly in the US, the focus on the kids. And mm-hmm. look, we're forgetting about the benefits to adult smokers. And they, you know, they, they sort of said, yes, these products work. And yes, the, the evidence is the risks are very small and we need to get that balance right. So I, I think that's probably one of the better studies. Um, yeah, and there was another study by Stevens. I can't remember what paper was, what journal it was in just recently, which again looked basically they concluded that 
the resistance to vaping is all about uh, the the, um, the the misinformation uh, that's mm. out there. So um, people are, are just misinformed, and it, and if we if we um, give them the right evidence, you know things should change. But of course, it, it doesn't work that way. But it was clear that there was a um, uh, you know it's all grounded. The opposition's grounded on misinformation. Right, right. That makes sense. Yes. 15 past presidents of the SNRT. So we talked about this a bunch. I talked about it a lot on YouTube. And I thought, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I thought that this paper was going to really make a, some big splashes, like some big yeah. waves. Yeah. I wear my Michigan yeah. hat every Tuesday for Kenneth Warner uh, at the University of Michigan. Uh, this is my tribute to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought that this would like really start changing things and then it was barely a just, just a little yeah. whisper no in the, one in even the, no one picked up on it in the mainstream no no they're, they're not interested in the good news they want the negative stories uh they want the emotional stories and they want you know they want to stick with the narrative and and the media's got a lot to answer for i think i mean surely absolutely enough evidence for them to 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 consider the other side uh, but very few people are willing to speak up. And they should be excited. I mean, think of think of the potential like scoop and controversy of this story, right? It turns mm. out that yeah. everything you've ever read about vaping is completely wrong. And there are these organizations yeah. that are funding this misinformation and it goes deep. It's a government cover up. <laughs> like think of what yes. the papers yeah. that you could sell with that story. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no journalist. Yeah that can see like the potential there. This is the ultimate expose. It really but is. Nobody wants yeah. to touch it. Well, That's well, there are some journalists, but there are some journalists, but not enough. Like, and people like Mark Gunther, for example, yes. you're right. have realized they're right repeatedly. Mark. But you know, I think the, the dominant narrative is, is um, yeah, let's stick with the sensational anti-vaping story. Instead of the sensational vaping yeah. story, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. The sensational, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and it's just it upsets me. Any leader, uh, congressperson, president, could s come out, support vaping, and be known as the politician that saved millions of lives. Mm. And nobody yeah. wants to do that. Nobody yeah, can step out. We, we have politicians who who have come out and said that, but you know, to change policy, it's all terribly political. I mean, they, 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 uh, they look at the votes and they look at the number of vapors and they look at the next election and they look at what the public think and what the media are saying. And it's not about the evidence. It's about mm -hmm. getting reelected and yes, all these other, other yes. issues. Yeah. I picture congressmen like having their aide go, okay, well, if you come out in favor of vaping, these voters will yeah. vote for you. But if you're yeah. anti-vaping, yeah. these voters will vote for you. So, yeah. you know. And you'll get this funding from these yeah. organizations. Right. And... You'll get bankrolled yeah. from XYZ. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, um, I've forgotten what I think, but yes, I agree. With <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It it's happens. okay. Yeah. It welcome, to, yeah. welcome to the live stream. Um, well, one part in your book that I kind of, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting from this. I kind of just went in blind, but there is a thorough and robust, like, 
okay, here's how you actually start vaping. Like, here's pod systems. Here's how the coil head is constructed. Here's liquid. Here's the constituents of liquid. Here, you know, like there's even some DIY in there. Like, here's how you would mix liquid for certain nicotine strengths, and here's how you use it. Uh, not, you know. It's just very, very thorough and very robust. I'm really impressed with it. You had to have had consulting. Did you have someone consult you yeah, on uh, this? Yes. Yeah, so look, I've, I got a lot of advice in, in writing a book, and there's a, a long list of acknowledgements in the back. Some very helpful vapors and vendors. Oh and yeah, I didn't even look at that. You know, double checked and, and checked it for me. But yeah, I mean, the, the reason I wrote that section is because certainly in Australia, it's very hard to get accurate information. Mm -hmm. So people go mm -hmm. online and they, they often get confused. And uh, I wanted to focus on oh, the transition from smoking to vaping. So I, I don't think most new vapors should start with a, a, a mod device. Yeah. They should start with something like what you're using, a Winx. Yeah, something very beautiful. Simple. And if they want to transition later to, 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 to make this a hobby and have mods and do all sorts of other tricks, that's fine. I want to get them off smoking and I want yeah. to guide them to the right sort of devices, uh, help them to understand what is mouth to lung vaping, what's nicotine salt, yes. how much nicotine do you need, how do you vape safely, where do you get more information and get them started. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, there's a progression from there, hopefully. Yeah. It's just, it's, I was just really impressed overall by this. And I mean, it's a very, not to keep, harping on it but it's very in-depth and you're pointing out like pros and cons between different pod systems you know it's all laid out yeah. very well and i and i appreciate it because you know i try to be as big of a resource as i can and i know a lot of other vape youtubers also try to be that same resource but when you're in the industry you know, you use a lot of slang and and shorthand and you just assume that people know what a coil head is or what a, you know, the maw of a battery is. And so even when I'm trying my best to help a smoker, even yeah. then I still say some things that are probably going over their head. Yeah. So this having yeah. it all just laid out so matter of factly, uh, I feel like you could read this book and kind of be a little bit of a like you could get a job at a vape shop after you read this book. Yeah. Easily. Well, well, with the should be required reading. Is, required reading. With the information, that it's sort of what I would say to a new vapor. It's what I say in my practice. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, I've sort of got an sort of idea over time of what people need to know. And I think there is a risk of assuming knowledge which people don't have. So the yeah. book, that section begins with, well, let me tell you what is a coil. Yeah. And, you know, what is mouth-to-lung vaping and, and, and how the batteries work and... Yep. Um, um, all, all the basic stuff. So when they go into a vape shop and they say, well, do you want a mouth to lung vape or direct to lung? Or do you need nicotine salt? Or, you know, they have that basic understanding. Yeah. I think it, it, it's confusing. There's a lot to learn. Um, a, a lot. lot. There, is. there is. Yeah, there is. But That's why I totally agree to with you. Confused. Pod systems. Yeah, a great place to start. For the yeah, win. Yeah. Yeah, the pods, pods I think, are, are just simple. And look, I have patients who say... I. Even that's too complicated, and we start them on the disposable. Sure. There's some good quality disposables. Yeah. Sure. Now, yeah, absolutely. As long as people get off smoking, that's really the, the bottom line. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Look, I, I definitely agree, and, and I really like this segment, this little section in the book. I was just reading it kind of through the eyes of 
you know, 2009 Nick, like I had just bought a little SIG alike and I didn't really know anything about what's liquid, what's an atomizer, what's this. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is uh, tremendous, tremendous. Thank you. Yeah, people often say, look, I wish this book was available when I started vaping. Yeah. Which kind of confirms to me that the challenges new vapors have in getting the right information. Um, I must say, I do see quite a few people who go into a vape shop, and I really support the vape shops, but some of them don't give the best advice. They get people onto a complex mod. Uh, and they come to me and say, well, what do I do with this? And what wattage should I be using? And right. really, this is very you know, complicated. And uh, I just think we have to be very careful about getting people started on something simple that will get them on their journey. Yeah, uh, I think people who in vape shops sometimes, you know, they love what they do. They're trying to do the right thing. They use a mod and they love it. But when you're a beginner, that's not generally the best way to go. I mean, it's an option for people who want it if they insist. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. But yeah, I think we need to keep it. I agree with you. Absolutely. And I think there yeah. there is a segment of our community, and I think they know who they are, um, who <laughs> have a lot of harsh feelings towards disposables and pod systems. Yeah. They yeah. feel, you yeah. know, whether that's going to ruin Juul, vaping. Right. Because of Juul. Yeah. I mean, there are some valid concerns, right? There is an environmental impact that ought to be considered mm. and worked out mm -hmm. from pods and disposables. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But we should be able to work on that with other, yeah. you know, in recycling industries or the manufacturers. And sure. that is a problem yeah. that can be worked through. Um, but they t tend to have this idea that like that's not real vaping or that that's where it's bad or that that's what the kids use. Therefore, we should, you know, ban them mm. or not use them anymore. And I would challenge those people, just like what you were saying, mm. to really consider that someone who has been smoking for 20 years and has never seen, you know, they may not even be very good with their cell phone. OK, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they pick up, you know, they look at, let's say, something like this. They're mm -hmm. going to be extremely confused. Mm -hmm. very intimidated and it's not going to go well. So not, not everyone is already at the level that us in the community are and these disposables, mm. these, you know, closed system, uh, switch outable pods. This is very, very simple for yeah, so many exactly. people to use. And I think we forget that sometimes. I think we yeah. forget that there is a place in the market and need for these kinds of products, even if it's not what we want to use. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Look, and I, I think that's the point that, it is a personal choice and when people come to me i'll show them the range of options available and almost invariably they'll say oh, i'd like that one um everything else is too complicated i want a simple pod pre-fill pod or i want the disposable and yes there's an environmental impact but uh you know often it's just a temporary short-term phase and they may go on to stop smoking or they may progress to something but the most important thing is to get them off smoking yep look I definitely agree. And uh, I get out of touch just because I haven't smoked a cigarette 13 years now. Not trying to brag. Oh, wow. Well, you know, and so, but smoking is so easy. It's so simple. You just pull yeah. the cigarette out, step yeah. one, light it on fire, step two. That's it. With a disposable, yeah. there's more steps than that. It's like, out of the box, then you remove the little condom, then you take off the sticker, sticker, three more steps, you know, more steps than smoking. And that's for yeah. the simplest vape product on earth. There's more steps than smoking. So the idea that, you know, you're going to force a cigarette smoker 
to like learn how to build coils and put them. Mm, no, yeah. that's not harm reduction yeah. is meeting the person where they're at. And a disposable yeah. is a perfect way to meet somebody where they're at. Get them Absolutely. immediately off of cigarettes. One of the problems in Australia is that the, the vape shops can't sell nicotine. Mm. So people will go into a vape shop and the best choice of that person might be a pre-filled pod device like a dual style of device or a disposable, but they can't sell them. Ah, that is... Unfortunately, they often will then put people onto um, a refill. Something they do sell. And they'll tell them to import concentrated nicotine that they then mix with the juice they buy in the shops because the shops rely on that yeah. to make their profits. And unfortunately, that's just not the best way because of the system we have, that's not the best way to get people started. Yeah. If, if the government if, has put them at odds with their own you know, customers and their, the, the, you know, mission that they have, which mm -hmm. is heartbreaking. I mean, to, yeah. to want to help people, but to not be able to carry the best products for everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's a terrible situation. Exactly. Yeah. They can't give them what they really need. Um, and so they give them something that isn't suitable and they, they, I think sometimes they set them up to fail. It, and if vape shops in in Australia could just carry nicotine, just this one, wouldn't this wouldn't wouldn't be an issue. You'd have people it quitting in droves, issue. droves. Well, the tobacco and the inconvenience store, the convenience stores. I mean, they all have just you know nicotine, um, nicotine uh, disposables, and they just hand them out freely. And 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 people actually, some people, you know, really, it works really well. Yeah, uh, but you know these are all unregulated. They're all illegally imported. It's a very unsatisfactory way. But if the vape shops could do that, um, they could get good products, good mm -hmm. disposables, good good um, effective uh, products. products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, effective products. Effective products. Well, and in so in New Jersey, in the United States, uh, the state of New Jersey has written a law recently that vape shops also. Apart from all of the vape gear that they carry, they're also going to be forced to carry at least one pharmaceutical NRT in the store right. and keep it in stock on hand with inspectors coming by to make sure that they have an NRT in their store. I like it. I like that you're nodding your head like just. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? I mean, okay. Success rates with NRT in any case are really modest. I mean, you know. Very low. Like in the Cochrane review, it says there are about six percent of people who try NRT in a randomised trial will be still not smoking six to twelve months later. I mean, it's a ninety-five percent of people aren't going to quit. Yeah, and right. if they just buy it over the counter, it probably has very little effect, if any. So you know, I think the most important thing is that we need to give people the most effective quitting aid mm -hmm. at the beginning. They need to quit as soon as possible with whatever works. And, and the best option and mm -hmm. and the evidence shows that vaping is the most effective method so that's what they should have the mm -hmm. sooner they quit the better mm -hmm. a if lot of keep... go ahead yeah i was gonna say if they keep farting around for years throwing <laughs> a bit of this and a bit of that every year they try something different every year they keep smoking they lose three months of life after the age of 35. every year they lose three months of life that they don't get back they've got to stop as soon as possible yeah. Yeah. As soon as possible. Work. Yeah. And people don't want vaping in the toolkit of quitting. 
The, yeah. There's kind of that yeah. instant knee-jerk reaction of, well, no, 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 wait, we have gums, we have patches, yeah. we have approved yeah. things. Why would you use this untested, you know, yeah. why would yeah. you use that? Yeah. Use what we have already. Device. Yeah, use yeah. what we have yeah, already. Even though, even, though even though they don't work. Even though, they, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is what we've been trained. Use in. what we have uh, this already. Has been approved. Yeah, that that's the frustrating thing. And often patients tell me they've got gone to the doctor, asked about vaping, and the doctor says, "No, no, no. We we, we always use patches. Here, try this." Mm. And of course, it's the fifteenth time they've tried it, and it didn't work before either. So, you know, that's what they're used to. That's what's been approved. That's what our health bodies are telling them to use. So unfortunately, they're just not on site enough to be able to make a make um, make a you know to help patients with that. You know, you just made me think of something. When you think about pharmaceuticals and this idea of you know, okay, doctors, let's say, and you can weigh in on this, of course. I know my experience with my dad being a doctor and my mom's a nurse. A lot of times, the way that you learn about new drugs or that you're trained about them is from the company who manufactures them, right? Mm -hmm. They employ a massive sales force. They send their reps out to offices. They're giving you swag. They're taking you out to dinner. They're telling you all the benefits of their drug, how it should be used, appropriate dosing. There's like an education system funded by the manufacturer. With vaping, we don't have anything like that. How amazing would it be if we could get together like a global sales force in a way training team uh yeah and send them out to doctor's offices and say hey have you ever had a patient i'm not i don't not from any particular manufacturer but have you ever had a patient ask you about vaping perhaps i could train you up a little like a sales rep would for viagra or you know any of these yeah. other i mean that would just be such a cool i don't know if that's yeah. even feasible but that would it's it's interesting to think about part of the reason they don't know about this is because of the ecosystem of the way pharma works. Yeah. Pharma does yeah. their own training, yeah. right? Essentially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And look, you could get independent funding or government funding to train up trainers to do that. I actually do that myself. I go to medical practices. I've been to a number uh, at lunchtime. We have 10 doctors and I bring along all my samples. I give them a little presentation and they ask questions. And yeah, look, it, it's it's the only way to really deal with the, the misconceptions and the practical issues that they need to know. You know, how do I write a nicotine prescription and what should I start my patients on? Uh, so, yes, it, it, it does work, but someone's got to fund it. I do it for nothing because right, I'm right. passionate about vaping. But, you know, you need a national force of people to do that or mm -hmm. at least webinars or something. Uh, didn't they roll out something like this in the United Kingdom for their uh, GPs and, and doctors? There was something, the anagram was NICE, N-I-S-E, and it was like physician training for doctors in the UK so that they'll start recommending vaping more. I have the weirdest, yeah, the vaguest nice, memory of this. The National Institute of Clinical Excellence, Excellence I think it is. Yes. Um, they, they produce guidelines and recommendations for medical care. And I think they certainly supported vaping, but I don't think they have a role in training. There is the National Centre for Smoking Cessation and Training in the UK. So mm. they have an organisation mm. that trains smoking specialists and tobacco treatment specialists. I don't think, and, and they have they have on their website, they have 
uh, supportive information for training doctors and other health professionals, but I don't think they actually go out and do training. So there's, there's certainly a need for that. I, I, I couldn't agree more because just like with everything else, you know, doctors need to actually learn uh, the, the, the details and, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 if they're going to prescribe these products. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I like that you touched on vaping etiquette. Sorry, not to completely change the conversation, but there's a whole little area on vaping etiquette in here and like vaping in public and stealth vaping. And I just wanted to call yeah. that out because I thought it was really cool. And I like that yeah, you included I think it. Because I think part of the opposition to vaping is the public's resistance. They see mm. vapor and they think it's smoke. And so it kind mm-hmm. of there's a whole PR issue here. And I think vapors need to minimize their exposure to other people. Not that vaping vapor is harmful, but people do have the right to fresh air. And I think there's still the perception that it is harmful. So people see it and they recoil from that and that's bad for vaping. So I think people should be discreet about their vaping and be courteous, just like you are with smoking. Do you sure. mind if I smoke? Or sure, sure. Smoke somewhere where you're not gonna bother other people. Yeah, I agree, uh, and I really like that. Now, I wanted to read this one part from here. Uh, d- defending the indefensible here towards the end of the book, and you have a short little blurb here about uh, Lung Foundation Australia, uh, and you write, yeah. uh, in an opinion yeah. piece in Tasmania's The Mercury newspaper on the 29th of February, 2020, the CEO of Lung yeah. Foundation Australia wrote, there is strong cre- credible evidence that both nicotine and flavored vaping products are just as harmful, if not more harmful, than conventional cigarettes. When the Australian Tobacco Harm Reduction Association asked the LFA board in writing to justify or correct this grossly inaccurate claim, no reply was received. Six months later, the LFA released a vaping fact sheet which was riddled with misinformation, as revealed by Athra. How does that... How do you survive things like that? That would make me want to drive down there and just shake them by the shoulders and just, what are you doing? Like, how how do yeah, you take yeah. a blow like that? Like, that makes me so mad. Just reading it. Yeah. And this is that's the head how, of the Australian how, Lung Foundation. That's right. That's our main lung charity. And, and yeah. if you look at, the, you look at the, the equivalent in the UK, for example, um, uh, you know, they take an exactly opposite view of that. But the Lung Foundation is supported by respiratory physicians and the Thoracic Society of Australia. I mean, they get a lot of their medical support from them. And, you know, they, they've they just taken this view. And, and again, as part of the group think with the Cancer Council and the Heart mm-hmm. Foundation, they're all mm-hmm. opposed to vaping and they're not taking an evidence-based view. Uh, and that, is, that was actually... I mean, often they're more subtle than that. They just see doubt and a bit of misinformation. Mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. was just gross. And they wouldn't change it. You know, that, that really is disturbing. Really is disturbing. Yeah. The Lung Foundation does a lot of good work with other things. But, but you know, their views on vaping. I started a, um, you know, in the UK, they have a Stocktober mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, project, which runs every year to help people quit smoking over yeah, yeah. October. Well, I was involved in starting a, a similar organization in Australia, Quit for October, we called it. And we got the Lung Foundation involved, and they were kind of the main body supporting it. And then after a couple of years, they said to me, look, 
we can't continue to be involved in this project because you're in it, because you're a vocal advocate for vaping. So it's either you stay in here or we stay. So I had to leave this project, which I'd started, because they couldn't work with me because I was an advocate for vaping. You know, th that's what we're dealing with. I mean, <laughs> I can complete see intolerance, face. total Seriously. intolerance. That's serious intolerance. A differing view, like how do they these people wake up yeah. and look at themselves in the mirror? Yeah. Is your position really that strong if you can't even be in the same room with the opposition? Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah that, that, well, it's all about, I think, having a conversation that kind of made up their minds. They're not willing to look at the other evidence. As, as Nick was saying, that's what you do in science. You, you have a view, sure, but then you get other evidence and eventually you may change it. But they not willing to you have to be that. curious for that to work though right i mean yeah, you have to have this yeah, idea of like sure. what do i not know perhaps yeah 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 that that's science yeah science is about building confidence in a theory you know you have a hypothesis and with time more information comes in and you become more and more confident mm -hmm. about one or the other view and they don't want to know about it they don't even want to hear a dissenting view. I mean, and we know Cop, Cop 9 happened in uh, 2020. Did that happen at the end of 2020? 2021? COVID well, years, I get everything I know, mixed up. me too. I don't know. I think it, it was at the end 21. of 2021. Yeah, Cop 9 was in 21. And uh, they, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but they did make a statement regarding vaping and harm reduction at this Cop 9 saying that, we're not going to listen to any of that until COP 10 in 2023. Well, they certainly said they didn't want anyone. They have a, it was a closed meeting. They didn't close meeting pro vaping people involved or giving information or observing the, the meeting. It was a very, much even closed. observing couldn't be in there. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. observing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'd probably find that embarrassing, uh, you know, in the way they, review the evidence yeah but i mean that's another example of they don't want even want people with a dissenting viewpoint in the same room yeah. can't even be involved yeah. in the meeting you can't even be here and watch if you have a dissenting point of view or or some yeah. other uh, you know some new evidence yeah you can't give can't give your input either to, to have a conversation yeah I talk mean, that's and we just want to talk about it in our record chamber uh, with the views that we believe and with people who agree with us and we're not going to look outside that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we all know, agree on this. So it must be right. And we vapors, I think, you know, vapors in the vape community are the complete opposite where all we end up doing is talking in our own echo chamber, wanting to get out. All we want yeah. to do is get out. <laughs> right. Ooh, exactly. And, and one of the biggest problems we've had in Australia is the inability to engage anti-vaping organisations to have a debate. They will not debate with us. So they'll write rubbish like this article. Yeah. They'll throw these hand grenades out about the deadly, deadly problem of vaping, but then they won't actually engage us. And the journalists slap it up. And the journalists, to be fair, aren't in a position to critically analyze that information. But if you had uh, an opportunity for, say, two or three people from each side on a, on a panel, 
and if Simon Chapman said X Simon and I knew Chapman. that was rubbish, I could then give my evidence and then see what he says, how he then justifies it, for right. example. But they refuse to debate us because they know that they the evidence isn't on their side. So what they do is they say, oh, he's funded by big tobacco. Right. Sure, or, sure, or, or, sure. Yeah, you yeah, shill, you tobacco big. shill, Colin. Yeah, that's right. It comes <laughs> up all the time. I've been... I've been referred to as that on a number of occasions. Oh, yeah. I think we all have. I've been a shill and a bot. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Oh, right. A bot. Yeah, I've yeah. never been a bot. Oh. Yeah. Twofer. A bot. Twofer. Yeah. A bot? I, I, I must try that. Yeah, it it's great. <laughs> you get called a bot for being a legitimately grassroots yep. thing. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll have a, a vlog or a live stream where it's like, all right, let's all go tweet at this person or let's all go tweet this yeah. message or let's have this Twitter campaign where we do this and it's pure grassroots but oh, yeah. because no, it's, it's pe- bots it, we it get called bots yeah. and probably yeah. funded by Big Tobacco probably yeah. right, right. right. Yeah. exactly probably. funded by Big Tobacco they're all using the same hashtag so it must be bots yeah. only computers yeah. could be doing this not <laughs> yeah. you know people who've banded together with similar ideals trying to make a change right nope, right that's not real anymore trying to fight for a cause nope yeah that uh, no, doesn't happen they've forgotten what real democracy looks like <laughs> yeah uh, so how optimistic is colin mendelson for the future uh for getting smokers off of cigarettes onto vaping maybe vaping even being accepted uh, at some point worldwide, how optimistic are you? Yeah, look, that's a really good question. I, I look to Alex Wodak a lot. Same, same, uh, Alex same. Alex is a leading international figure on harm reduction. He's been through so many campaigns on, on harm reduction. And he's always telling us, look, be patient. Mm-hmm. I find that very hard. But he's saying, be patient. Because from his experience harm reduction campaigns almost always are successful mm-hmm. and and particularly when they're disruptive technologies so t- t- disruptive technologies are all, almost always successful i mean electric cars and mm-hmm. um, Uber. Uh, digital film digital cameras and so there's the, the, there's that aspect and there's harm reduction and and with all the introduction of harm reduction technologies needle syringe programs medically supervised injecting rooms methadone programs there is always hostile resistance for often for years and then change is incremental he says but little changes occur and, and 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 eventually it does become mainstream and before you know it people are looking back saying why didn't we do that earlier yeah hello this is really working what, what, what why, why didn't we start this 10 years earlier and look i you know alex is quite convinced we will we will win this debate but it will take time yeah I've heard that. I, I'm glad that you mentioned Alex Wodak because I got to speak with him, albeit briefly, when I was in New Zealand. But he gave me a very similar message talking yeah. about, you know, saying basically what you said. In my experience, harm reduction measures like this do always win. They eventually win, but you just have to be patient and change is incremental. Yeah. And I went, you know, it, it filled me with a little, you know, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And then. The being patient part is the hardest part of all of this. That is the hardest part. I've got a great quote in my book, Nick, if I can just find it. Um, It says, 
it's it's on page 258 it said it's mm -hmm. the nobel prize winning physicist max planck made the following depressing observation he said a new scientific truth does not triumph by convincing its opponents and making them see the light but rather because its opponents eventually die and a new generation grows up that's familiar with it i so, mean yeah, there, are that... like, there are a few people who, who i would like to see move on and look with a bit of luck the next generation will be a bit more open to it yeah yeah i mean yes i think that's the last yes ditch. Wait for him to die. Wait, for, wait, wait for, for him to die. To die. Yeah. Wait for him to die, or wait for him to not care anymore. You know, uh, yeah, Alex. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll back down. I think they're locked in. They've, they've got too much invested in this position. Yeah, they. I guess they do. I mean, Matt Myers has to retire someday, though, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, he has to. I mean, he's got to retire, right? He has like, to retire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks like Lance has kind of moved on. Not yeah. Necessarily willing Doesn't to keep him you know, from uh, spouting off no, at the mouth, though. He's, he's, we'll have to wait for him to die, I'm convinced. Yeah. And there's a certain um, older um, anti-vaping advocate who retired several years ago, and we all thought, yeah. But he's been more of a pest since he retired. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. They have to die. <laughs> I think they have yeah. to die. I see to you. really stop them. You yeah. guys have uh, Simon Chapman over there in Australia. He's the big outspoken yeah. anti-vapey guy. Yeah. And yeah. would you say he's like our Stanton Glance? Is that an accurate pseudo? I get a pretty glancy vibe from him for sure. Yeah. Look, I think he's he's done a lot of great things in the past, and he's got a lot of political credibility because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's clearly wrong on this issue. Um, but unfortunately, he's very influential because of his past successes but vaping challenges his whole ideology his career has all been based on oh people should quit smoking and mm -hmm. they must stop nicotine and oh. this is the way they should do it but but th this is a this way vaping actually works and it's being very popular and successful and it's a big threat to his to his um uh, reputation and and legacy so it's uh, uh not surprising that there's some opposition could i yeah. could you imagine being in a position where it's like your whole identity would be in jeopardy yeah. if you were correct yeah yeah, yeah. it's sad yeah, I'd love to. yeah yeah that is fact, bonkers I've got, I've, got a, I've got a chapter in my book again on page 210 which says some public health organizations and individuals are threatened by solutions that may reduce their relevance mm -hmm. and they try to defend the status quo although instead of improving public health strategy this public health this strategy has the opposite effect and will undoubtedly undermine their reputations and public confidence in them and i think that's what's going to happen to you know lung foundation the cancer council when we see the benefits of vaping Agreed. um yeah and people will be asking well okay well, wasn't this obvious earlier right but that's why they resist i think that's why they resist it Karma will be a bitch someday. We just have to wait. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. The yeah. patience thing, Alex Wodak. Yes. The patience Patience thing. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's just yeah. so frustrating. So we need to keep plugging away. We need to keep plugging away. And I, we do. I think, I think it's all, you know, at the end of the day, it's political. And I think uh, the politicians need to, we need to focus on the politicians and we need to focus on the public and getting the 
the perceptions right about vaping. So the public will put some pressure on the politicians mm-hmm. and and I think that's how we're going to see change. Yeah. Uh, it's a slow process. Yeah, yeah, it is a slow process. Like you said, it's a slow process and it's it's getting uh you know it's happening more and more i see more organizing uh especially in places like arizona uh with the, the american vapor manufacturers association they got real organized in arizona went to the yeah. committee with yeah. all wearing the same t-shirts and stuff like that and that i think is a is a huge thing um just from i went to a flavor ban me, uh hearing in los angeles a few years ago and there was a large delegation of menthol smokers who did not want menthol banned. They all wore the same green t-shirts, don't ban menthol. They were very organized. They all got up there to talk. And it was like a, I thought, wow, if only vapors, you know, if only we, if only I had to organize something like this, we could all show up wearing white t-shirts and say vaping saves lives and we could all speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what great. needs to happen. I mean, certainly in Australia, there's been a lot of apathy. Um, mm-hmm. amongst vapors, partly because it's it's been illegal. Um, mm-hmm. And so people have kept their heads down. And, um, and I think that's been, but I think it's been a real, um, it's really undermined the movement. You know, we just, the voices just haven't been out there. Yeah. And, and if you say like the American Vaping Manufacturers Association, uh, CASAR, there's a number of strong organizations in the US which are mm-hmm. making progress. Mm-hmm. But it's a sl- it's slow. Even with even with those levels of organizations, it's still slow. Why is it so slow? Let's see. This because is the problem people. when I'm too progressive. Because society. Because, because society. Humans. I know. I know. Human nature. Human nature to hold on to familiar things, and and I think with these organizations, um, you know, it's a threat to their legacy and their prestige and, mm-hmm, and their mm-hmm. best interests. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but you know, it will, it will, it will slowly get there. Is campaign for tobacco free kids as prolific across Australia as they are in the United States? Do they really push hard there? Uh, they're, not, they're not in Australia, but of course, we get the reports. I mean, a lot of what comes out of the US is quoted in Australia by Andrew yeah, yeah. people. They never quote what's happening Sorry. in New Zealand or the UK, which <laughs> right. is very different. View. But whenever, whenever we get bad news from the US, we always hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, but not sorry. Selective. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. sorry. Yeah, sorry about sorry. that. You mentioned New Zealand. This is you mentioned this in your book. I kind of yeah. didn't know that this existed until I read your book. But New Zealand has their own vaping facts Ministry of Health website. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. I've seen the site. This is it's unbelievable. Great. Yeah, I mean they've decided. You're not going to believe this, but they've decided that vaping actually saves lives. Yeah. And, and, and if, yeah, yeah. And their official position is that, well, if you can't quit with traditional methods, take up vaping. They encourage people to take up vaping and they give the evidence. This is an evidence-based website. Yeah, it, it really is. All the, bullshit, all the bullshit we read elsewhere, you know, it's, it's actually very practical and pragmatic uh this pragmatic is how you do it. these are the these are the the issues that you need to consider and you know it's your choice but this nothing else has worked this is definitely worth exploring so yeah great it's it's a you know, really that, good yeah, website just across, it's just across the ocean from us just not very far but I'm, you know apparently they have very different um bodies and nicotine and and uh health effects to us but yeah <laughs> 
enormously different policies. Different physiology, It's apparently. like some sort of rift yeah. in the space-time continuum yeah. between two countries. Yeah. People react yeah. wildly different yeah. to these products. A parallel weird. universe just, to, just across the Tasman, yeah. But they don't react yeah. differently to, to cigarettes. Cigarettes still causes right. lung cancer, regardless of race, yeah. age, gender, anything. But vaping only works in New Zealand and the UK. The, you know, the United States and Australia with different physiology. Yeah, isn't that extraordinary? Oh, and they uh, even mentioned popcorn lung. It's a yeah. pretty good site, actually. And I love uh, the graphic designer in me. It's like, this design yes. is great. It can compete with, like, the Truth Initiative sites. I really, really like modern. this font. I'm so proud of New Zealand, you guys. Yeah, I very. Love this yeah, yeah. It's really yeah, good. So we, we looked at them with great admiration and... Uh, we we try and get our government yeah, to follow their policy, but um, it's 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 a challenge. Do they have anything to say, the Australian government, to what New Zealand is, or do they just ignore it and pretend it's not happening? They, they just ignore it and they quote the US. Yeah. Look what's happening yeah, in the yeah. US. Yeah. You know, teen vaping epidemic and, right. and, and uh, flavor bans are coming, and you know we need to do what they're doing. So they're very selective. If all else fails, guys, the entire community, we move to New Zealand. That's what New Zealand or the UK. Yeah, New That's Zealand. Where we go Look, and we UK, set up our communes. New Zealand's already my backup plan. Right. New Zealand's one of the most <laughs> wonderful, magical places I've ever been in my Beautiful. life. Beautiful. It's, 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 it's tremendous. Yeah. It's tremendous. Very I mean, they were the first country to give women the vote. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gay marriage. Yeah. Um, and they've got the All Blacks, so that they be follow the football, the best football team yes. in the world. Yes, um, there you the, go. That's true. Team. So it definitely got things going for them. Something for everyone. Yeah, really something. Yeah. And they're so chill there in New Zealand. If you go there, like on a vacation, and you're there for, I forget what the time limit is. It's like six months or eight months. They just go, oh, you should vote. <laughs> you you basically live here now. You should vote in the next election. How long have you been here? Eight months. Okay, vote. Really? Is yeah. that true? That's very true. Very, very inclusive. Yeah, very inclusive. I mean, anyway. I need to put them on my list of. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand, man. I'm telling you, New Zealand. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale breaks out in the U.S. The, I'm out. The, the, the vaping web, the vaping facts website is is full of you know um, evidence based information, and it's a great guide for people who are trying to you know clear out some of the other nonsense that's mm -hmm. being fed to us. Well, and there are uh, countries in the world um, that are championing vaping. I mean, we don't need to mention yeah. UK, obviously, is the biggest, but Australia, yeah. um, you know, uh, Malaysia recently is going to yeah. regulate and legalize vaping. The Philippines, even despite yeah. having a dict, an actual dictator, they're going to regulate and legalize vaping. But you've got to say, it's bothered having a dick. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I like to pause. I was like, an oh, actual are you really gonna call him that? Oh, a dictator. Dictator, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so convenient how um, those two no. go together. You could stop or you could keep going. Kind of yep. means the same thing. That's what she said. Yep. Yeah, that's right. But the, yeah, so there right. is hope. There are countries that are kind of championing yeah. it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's that's going to bleed. That's right. With Australia and New Zealand, it's interesting. It's like we're having a, a randomized trial here. Yep. So, Good point. We're going to see a very similar population. We're going to see the effects of that because really we have similar tobacco control policies. Their, their smoking rate fell by 20% last year. 
In Australia, 20? the smoking rate fell by 19% in a six-year period up to 2019. So when they legalised vaping, that legislation was a year ago, the rate fell by 20%. In one year? In one year. That's tremendous. That's in Australia, it fell by 19% from 2013 to 2019. So, you know, wow. we're going to see a difference. And eventually yeah. it's going to be hard to ignore. And they, and they, I mean, you're talking, they attribute that to vaping. Well, it's the only thing that's changed. Sure. Right. And, sure. And the youth smoking rate fell from three to 1%. Now, yes, the number of That's smokers amazing. Has gone up, I love this but, for New know, Zealand. I do too. So much. Yeah. 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 They keep New beating Zealand. us in rugby, but everything else we like about them. <laughs> I like New Zealand. I had a great time in New Zealand. But yeah, so there's countries doing it correctly. And even recently, yeah. like Malaysia and the Philippines are recent, like this year, 2022. Yeah. They yeah, finally got on board. Yeah. And yeah, the more their really smoking good. rates drop over time, the more it's yeah. going to be impossible for these other yeah. countries Undeniable. to ignore. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. they'll they'll keep doing it for a while, but at some point it's going to get to a place where they just can't. You know, because New Zealand yeah, and the exactly. UK and these other places are just going to have like no smoking, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. they. I think well, most um, most most places you know, consider under five percent to be essentially yeah. smoke free, right? Yeah. That's yeah. usually yeah. the yeah. the metric that they use. And so, if all of these countries that have done this are essentially smoke free, I mean, what mm. you know, and that's the only difference. Undeniable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, when you look at the smoking rates in, in a number of countries like the US, the UK, New Zealand and Australia, Australia seven or eight years ago had the lowest smoking rate. Now we've got the highest smoking rate. So all the others have dropped much faster and we're now the highest. Uh, we, we were the lowest before, now we're the highest. So it's, mm -hmm. and the only obvious difference is vaping. Yeah, we have yeah. very strict tobacco control laws uh, but we don't allow vaping and we're falling behind. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to have to take notice yeah. of that. Look, U.S. is falling behind, too. And what kills me in the U.S. is we look at what are, you know, the lowest youth smoking rates in recorded time, the lowest adult smoking rates in recorded time. And then health orgs and Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids will turn around and the Truth Initiative will turn around and go, look, we did this. Our... our yeah. Our yeah, they take credit for it. practices yeah. have created this. Yeah. We did this. We've been doing we the same this. thing for 40 years. Yeah, same but in thing. In the last five, <laughs> yeah, it magically started working. Yeah, it suddenly started working. We're so great. Just like yeah. we knew it would. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really has accelerated. And that's what you see on the grass when you look at those right. national yeah. trend lines. They, they start falling. Oh, it goes yeah. um, when vape becomes available. Yeah. yeah. And Except any. Any vapor can look at that and go, oh, vaping did that, except for the truth initiative. Yeah. They go, we did that. Right. Yeah. It must have been our policies yeah. that drove smoking down. One day it just yeah. clicked with Americans. It just, it just yeah. worked. Yeah. Oh, taxes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll quit smoking. Right. I'll just quit right now. Couldn't possibly have yeah. been vaping. Couldn't possibly yeah. have been the most popular, most effective quit smoking aid ever devised by human man. Couldn't have been but, that. But which Right, 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 right. Heavy metals in the, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. The metal yeah. particulates, you guys. The metal particulates. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, well, dang, Colin Mendelson, we've been going for quite, we're going to go on for a little bit over an hour and a half right now. 
Uh, I I guess there was one last thing I wanted to ask you was, what's what in your opinion is the biggest hurdle, the biggest hurdle to overcome, as far as like maybe in the public eye getting vaping a little bit more accepted. Mm, wow. I know it's a tough question. I'm sorry. Yeah. GR, I don't know if I can answer that. Um, it's you don't just have such to. a mass anti-vaping movement. Um, yeah, there's so many things that need to change. Yeah. We need to get mm -hmm. the media on side. We need yeah, to I was going to say media component is huge. Side. Yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, media component's a big one. A lot of this, yeah. you know, it like Alex says, it takes patience. And what I've been trying, what I've been trying to have the mentality in my head is like baby steps. Okay. Mm -hmm. Baby yeah. steps. Yeah. Let's do this yeah. first before we tackle addiction versus dependence. Cause that's a little bit more nuanced and you're going right. to need this before you can get there, you know? So baby steps, tiny little things like the first thing, maybe these aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. Just hear me maybe. out. <laughs> you know, right, right. Maybe. maybe these aren't as bad. That's like the first little baby help. step. The other thing that might help is if we can get it out there is possibly my book. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which, where can our viewers purchase your book should they want I'll it in their home up. library, which they should? Yes. What's the best place yeah, to buy your book from? Are you on Amazon? So you have a website? Amazon. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, um, yeah, all the usual major booksellers. And it's available as an e-book. It's nine ninety five US as an e-book. So not expensive and you know I, if, if people don't want it themselves i think buy it for a, a smoker yes uh, absolutely yes. great gift, gift. Yeah. yes I mean, that's the gift of life i think it really can save lives so I, I think the more the correct information is out there uh the more of a chance we've got and the more people will get on site yeah look i i very very agree and yet for uh, a smoking adult this is this is the book you want them to read this is the book. It's it's done so well. It's laid out all, all, all of the facts, all of the arguments, all of the science, and even goes into, like I said earlier, DIY and different batteries and what's the difference between a Sigalike and a pod and a tank and how's the coil constructed. And I was just thoroughly impressed, Colin Mendelson. Thoroughly impressed. It's a great book. I'll put a link down in the description, obviously, to where you can buy it. I would encourage you to buy this for a smoker like we discussed. And honestly, I think vapors can get a lot out of it as well. The other Loads. thing people can do, which is something we're doing in Australia, and I know they're doing, doing it in Canada, is to send a copy to your local members of parliament, mm. your congress, ah. and, and also, also to health journalists, you know, just to yes. get the information to the right people. I think the politicians and the journalists are the key people. So it's something to consider. I would love to so do when, that. When you, read your book, when you read your own book, give it to your local member of, of Congress. Yeah, right. I buy it, read it, and then pass it. And on. then pass it forward. Do you think uh, Raja Krishnamurthy would sit down and read read uh, oh, read man. this whole book? Maybe. I don't know. Dick Durbin. Raja. I don't know. Yeah, Raja and Durbin are the are like the last two big yeah. anti vaping U.S. politicians. Yeah. It's Dick yeah. Durbin and yeah. Raja, and that's it. I feel like if they switched, most others would probably fall in line for the most part. Durbin has pull, and I think if Durbin switched to pro vaping or at least pro some sort of pro harm reduction stance, right? Like yeah. you can still be Maybe against flavors, people, but like hundred people send him the book, he might get the message. He might. Uh, I mean, hundred people. 
Let's see. That's only $1,000 in books. Small price to pay for the future of vaping in America, you guys. Exactly. Small price to pay. All right. Well, yeah. th thank you, Colin Mendelson, for coming to hang out with us here on TBN yeah. in, in America. Thank you for the book. I'm going to put uh, a link in the description, like I said, so where everybody can check out Stop Smoking, Start Vaping, Colin Mendelson. Uh, it, it's a labor of love, I'm assuming. It's his passion. He's been doing this pre-vaping, and now that vaping's here, it's like, well, let's 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 stop all smoking, you know? Yeah. Let's yeah. stop and all smoking. Can. And yeah. now we can. We can do it, Colin. I believe in us. I believe in us. Um, did you have any parting words? You want to plug your Twitter? I have your Twitter. I'll post your Twitter in the description so people can follow you. What else do you have out there? Your website? It's, it's here. Thank you both for everything you do as well. I mean, you know, it's there's unfortunately only a small number of players, but um, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic as well. And oh, thank, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for the opportunity to promote my book. Of course, uh, and, of course. Uh, and talk about my favorite subject. Yeah, de definitely. Absolutely. You, you uh, there's a few people that have a standing invitation to this stream. Uh, we're going to put Colin Mendelson on that list. Anytime you want to come on just to jib jab about vaping, just shoot me a Twitter message. We'll get you on, Colin Mendelson. Absolutely. So, oh, super chats, Nick. Super. Chats. Oh, that's right. Let's let's uh, let me read through some of these super chats. Uh, let me switch to uh, this first, and we'll get through uh, some of these super chats that I saw happen. Shoot, I don't know where they are. Well, there was one. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back in the chat. Let's see. Was the first one from uh, New Wave Dave? I think I definitely saw that one. That may oh nope. I see. I think there was one from, from Tyler B and another from Tyler B. Yeah, I can't. I can't see them. I can see them. Do you want me to read them? Uh, you if you could, that would be great. Yes. Yeah, so the first one from New Wave Dave. Thank you very much. Says, "Relax. I'm here now, Doctor Mendelson. You may continue." Faces. <laughs> Dave. So, so you knew he was here. So yeah. it was okay for you. <laughs> New Wave Dave. I'm sure we're all very relieved. Uh, Tyler B, thank you very much, says, run, Dr. New Wave Dave's cat is coming for you. Okay, we're getting <laughs> silly in the chat. I don't know if you know about New Wave Dave's cat. Yeah, well, uh, one of my subscribers in New Wave Dave, his cat's uh, his cat leads a very interesting life. You know, it's uh, it's we been it's been it. to prison. It's been in, uh, you know, it's, oh, so yeah. it's, it leads a very interesting life. <laughs> and then New Wave Dave again says, yeah, that website is cool and all, but I don't see anything about bird watching. Oh, <laughs> well done, yeah. New Wave Dave. CDC. Touché. Have you tried watching yeah. birds? Have you tried bird watching? Have you tried bird watching? You had to have seen that, Colin Mendelson. The I CDC. The CDC. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. Bird and there was, watching. And there was much laughter. <sighs> have you tried watching birds? <laughs> um, it's a little bit ambiguous, that one. But, um, yeah, I don't think we need to comment on that really <laughs> <laughs> have you tried watching birds um all right uh well a good stream you know uh, i again one more time i appreciate you being here colin mendelson um one last time this is the book stop smoking start vaping available hey. everywhere i'll put a link in the description to where you can buy this spectacular spectacular book and uh yeah i guess in closing i just want to say uh, this, like like Alex Wodak says, harm reduction measures like this 
always win. They're always successful, but we do need to be patient. My cousin in the chat, Barbara Burgess, one last super chat. Uh, love you, vape fam. Keep up the good fight. It's all I plan on doing. It's all I plan on doing. I've only been doing this for, we'll say, 12 years actively. Uh, it feels like 50, and I have a feeling the next few years are going to seem like even more years than that. It's just constantly climbing up a mountain that just keeps getting steeper. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels yeah, like. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. Keep climbing, everybody. Keep climbing, Dr. Colin Mendelson. Thank you, Danielle Jones. And I don't have any uh, sort of outro, so we're just going to wave. We're just going to wave and say bye. And then bye. Uh, bye. say bye. Vape on. Bye. See you later. Okay, just a second. Okay, bye.